0: What it looks like to have a healthy, godly mom and daughter relationship. Being able to have the hard discussions is super important. Are you dating? I'm not. Okay. (laughs) What
1: does it look like to
0: have boundaries? We're always going to
1: be learning.
0: Thanks for taking the time to join us on this mother and daughter's podcast. My name is Raven, and I'm the daughter. And my name is Karen, and I'm the mom. And we are so excited to talk about some of the questions that we've been asked about what it looks like to have a healthy, godly mom and daughter relationship. Before we dive into these questions, though, we want to take a moment and say why we've decided to make this podcast in the first place. Mom, do you want to explain?
1: Yeah, I um, know that mom and daughter relationships are really unique and really important. And we just wanted to encourage and point back to God um, kind of whatever our learnings, but also what we're learning now, our journey, some insights, reflections, Uh, really just to be a help and a support for others. You know, I have three daughters. Uh, Raven's my oldest, but then I have Avery and Lyndon really close together. They're all about a year apart. And I loved having daughters. I loved having daughters. They were so much fun. I can't even imagine what it would be like raising a son. Um, (laughs) And we made lots of mistakes. I made lots of mistakes along the way. But I think that all three of my daughters and I have a really healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. And so again, we just want to shed light on mother and daughter's relationships and kind of talk about those today. Mm -hmm. So mom posted something on Facebook to just kind of ask some questions and see. And so today we're going to take a moment and ask questions to each other and also try and come up with answers for some of these questions as well. So to start, mom, how do you balance your relationship with Avery, Linden, and I, our mother-daughter in relationship while establishing an adult relationship with us as well? Those were one of the questions. Mm -hmm.
1: That's a really good question. Um, Raven is, she just turned 23. Avery is 21, soon to be 22. And Linden is 20, soon to be 21. So definitely we are on the precipice of this adult relationship and moving from this this nurturer, you know, provider for physical needs to really, um, dealing with the relationship mother and daughter on a, an emotional and mental Mm. kind of level, not, not necessarily so physical, which you think, Hey, that would be great. I can get some (laughs) sleep and I can have some room to breathe and I can go work out. But, um, that transition really does pose some interesting challenges when it comes to, um, being there for your daughter, Uh, emotionally and mentally and helping her process some really adult kind of relationship questions and um, we you know I think Raven and I specifically have um, really learned a lot over the last couple of years and um, you know Raven you and I are really really close yeah but I think at the end of the day we need to respect boundaries and we've talked about that
0: yeah and It's a great question of how do you balance mother and daughter relationships while having an adult relationship because it's actually something mom and I have been going through a lot. I mean, mom, we talk about it frequently of what does it look like to have boundaries because we are so close. And it actually led us to this idea of enmeshment, which I actually had seen a therapist about Just a lot of different things in life, and I think therapy is so great. I mean, Mom, would you agree? (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's good to talk to an objective third-party person. Oh, for sure. And she brought up this idea of enmeshment, which is this philosophical kind of psychology concept that talks about families. And when a parent kind of puts more heavy of a relationship and doesn't have that boundary of a parent-child relationship – that child ends up becoming the parent's friend and almost takes a co-parent role. And not to say that that happens to everyone, but I think in our family, I mean, Mm -hmm. you would probably agree that that did happen in the sense that you and I became really close and I did bear a lot of your burdens because you were willing to tell me, but I also wanted to know. And then that led to an unhealthy relationship in the sense that I started to worry about the things that you were worried about. Yeah. And I started to take on those feelings. And that whole idea of enmeshment anyway is the idea that the child takes on this added responsibility or burden of the parent, but the flip side is the parent can have the same thing happen. So the parent, whenever the child feels depressed or sad or anxious, the parent could feel that way. Oh,
1: absolutely. And when
0: I was reading that online, I thought, wow, we've only (laughs) talked about it just from my end of I'm taking on your burdens or I'm worried about you or I know exactly what you're thinking. But would you say that you almost feel enmeshed with me a bit if yeah. I have a bad day? Oh, yeah,
1: a- absolutely. I
0: and mean, I th- I've talked to friends. I've talked to folks that, you know,
1: we've, we've talked about when our daughters are having, like, an emotional crisis or a relationship issue. Uh, we get off the phone with them, and we are carrying the load for the next 24 hours. And then by the time we talk to our daughters again, they can't even remember remember what, was, mm. what the, the issue was. So it's like... <laughs> Here we are. We've been beating ourselves up when it's really not something that entirely we should carry or, or um, you know, share that share that load. We should share the burdens, mm-hmm. but not the load. But I think just fundamentally, um, females especially want to be cared and nurtured and want to be um, protected. Um, and feel that that level of security, and so. Um, You definitely have to have boundaries in order to continue to be a mother. Um, I don't think that mother's daughters can be best friends. I don't think that they should be best friends. We still need to kind of maintain that role of mothers and daughters. Um, Best friends would would imply that we share intimacies. Again, that would probably lead to more burden Mm -hmm. than security and support and love,
0: would you say? Yeah, and so when you had talked about boundaries and you also talked about when you get off the phone with us you kind of feel burdened by that do you think that's the mother's responsibility then or do you think boundaries mean that daughters shouldn't share with their mothers what Mm. they're going through either that's a really good question
1: um well I think it's all about how you receive that right so I you know my personal opinion is I want to know you know what's going on um with you as a person um as a daughter as a child of God, as a sister in Christ. Um, and I think that as the, the daughters grow up um, and they do accept certain responsibilities, we are not there putting ourselves in, in the crossroads of everything, but mm. we're there. We're just there. So making myself available and accessible to you, saying, hey, I'm here if you need to talk. I'm here if you have a question. And then working through that I think is definitely how you maintain a close relationship, but also maintaining the boundaries.
0: Mm, Yeah, and it also makes me think about the therapist who had studied enmeshment and talked about it. She said, the way the structure of a family is set up, grandparents should pour into parents and then parents shouldn't pour into their children, which means mothers are pouring into their daughters. Mm -hmm. And so as mothers are pouring into their daughters, it's like a waterfall. The water isn't meant to travel back upstream. Right. That's good. It's only meant to flow. Mm -hmm. And so I think you and I found that because the way that I am wired is I care for you and I want to know what's wrong, but also I think you are willing to tell me Mm too, which probably did lead to an unhealthy relationship in the sense that I started to take on your burdens when I want everything in my power to know that my mom is stable, secure, Mm -hmm and that I can fully trust that you will be completely stable. Mm-hmm. And so whenever there is something that is wrong, it is sad to know as a child that, yeah, her moms are human. <laughs> They'll struggle with things too, but I do think that children should be shielded from that yeah, burden. Yeah, totally. And,
1: um, and I, you know, I'm sure there are people that are, are saying, well, okay, how close is too close? Mm-hmm. And, um, again, I mean, I want that closeness as... Um, a mother-daughter, and to some degree, a friendship. Um, but it's all about the level of intimacy, I think, that the mother shares with the daughter in
0: some some regards, too, the daughter with the, with the mother and mm-hmm. that there needs to be boundaries. Yeah, and I think, too, people are probably wondering, well, so then how do you fix that? Mm-hmm. If you've been in a co-parent role where you take on and stick up for your mom or if you feel like you're too invested... How do you fix that? That's a really good question. What would you say, Raven? (laughs) I think that, to be honest, you've done an awesome job with remedying that because you recognized it Mm -hmm. pretty early on, even before that therapy appointment, even before we started talking about it. You realized, hey, this isn't right, and I want to shield you, and you did a great job with never making me feel guilty for going out with my friends. It wasn't like I was your only best friend by any means. And so even though I was worried or wondering, oh, I wonder if mom's okay or I wonder how this is going or I wonder this, this, and this, you were very quick to say, hey, I don't want to burden you with those things, so I'm trying not to. Mm-hmm. And I know that I need to be here to pour into you, but I shouldn't take that back. You no, know? that's really good.
1: And at, at the end of the day, I mean, we all want closeness. We want relationship mm-hmm. and especially with our children, especially with our, our parents, um, and and there's you know there's a, a place for that relationship i mean when our daughters or even our sons you know they get ready to get married mm. um their spouse is going to meet some of those needs and should meet some of those needs but at, at the end of the day i think a daughter no matter how old she is still wants to be nurtured still wants to be cared mm. for
0: yeah um
1: still wants to be protected in in a in a certain way
0: yeah No, that's good. And it actually reminds me of something we had talked about on staff with one of the people in the church, and he had said, shepherds are over their sheep, correct? And how many shepherds are to a flock? How many would you say? hundred. I have no idea. How many shepherds are for a flock in (laughs) the Bible? Oh, oh, one. (laughs) One. And he said, are the sheep expected to care for the shepherd? Yeah, right. No. No. And so because of that, he said, you have to recognize when you're in a relationship that you're with sheep and you need to go to other shepherds to get that kind of reprieve or, like you were saying, sharing that intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing that even though your daughters may be very wise, there are some things that they are still your flock Mm -hmm. and they are not another shepherd. So good. Such a great illustration, Raven.
1: Um, But how old do you think – you are when you realize your mother was right about everything.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I mean, even though this is hilarious question, I realized from a young age that my mom was almost always right. I mean Ah, uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, I would say something, mom, and you would say, Yeah, you could do that and I would go, Well, what do you think? And you would tell me and I would go, Okay, well I'm gonna do it anyway Whether that was, okay, I'm gonna go to this movie tonight. Raven, you could be tired. Oh, I'm just going to go anyway. I go to the movie. She's right. I come home. I'm exhausted. And I'm thinking, oh, mom's right. But even with other things and with my type A personality, I started to become afraid. And with, quite honestly, being enmeshed a little bit, I felt like I had this greater responsibility. And so because of that, I think a lot of times it was hard for me to make my own decision. And I would rely on you for a lot, mom. I would go hey, what should I do about this? I couldn't make a decision unless I came to you. Mom, what should I
1: wear today, the pink or the blue?
0: (laughs) Every decision was life-altering. Yes, I know. (laughs) So, yeah, what would you say? I mean, I think that it it really wasn't super healthy in the sense that it was very difficult for me to make any decision on my own. So how would you say that I even started to make my own decisions? Um, ensuring that I'm allowing you to make the
1: decisions. I mean, I think that um, it's super easy, especially when your children are younger, to just step in and do it. Mm -hmm. And that's my personality. I, you know, would rather just do it, not take the time to to teach, um, you know, a a daughter, um, you know, something that is going to take me a lot more time to teach than it is just for me to do and we are very me (laughs) very um prone to just give the answer before allowing you to arrive at the Mm. answer and so you know as as we raise our children we are growing too we are developing we are (laughs) we are growing in christ we are growing in wisdom and frankly when i brought you home from the the hospital that first day i didn't know what i was doing and so Mm. we figure it out along the way but realizing that that it was more difficult for you to make a decision, then I stepped back instead of stepping into the solution. Mm. I would ask questions for you to arrive at the solution that you needed to arrive at. Mm -hmm. And so allowing you the freedom to do that is super important. Um, And then also along the way, if I saw that you were making the wrong decision and it was going to affect you physically, emotionally, spirit, whatever, in in a significant way I would step in at that moment Mm -hmm. because our job as parents is to raise our children and teach them grow them in wisdom and truth but it's also to protect them Mm. our children need to be protected at times and that's our job as a shepherd to protect them Um, but to allow them in the freedom you know where something is not at risk to make decisions Mm -hmm. and to do
0: it on their own Yeah. And I remember that transition because I was so frustrated. I just said, mom, why won't you just tell me what to do? (laughs) Exactly. And it was so good though, because now if you're quick to just tell me an answer, myself and Avery and Lyndon, we get frustrated and we go, mom, why aren't you listening? (laughs) We want to make our own decision. Why, why aren't you listening? And you probably found that to be even more effective with Avery who didn't ever really want your answer. Mm -hmm. She just wanted someone to listen right exactly and and
1: of course every single child is unique and different and all three of you are so different in terms of what you need and what um what I can provide and and really how to train you of you know in raising you it was different for each child I don't Mm -hmm. think that we can have a cookie cutter approach for every one of our children I think that God is you know uniquely created each one of you and you're going to respond to different kinds of training and you know it's our job as a parent to really figure out what the greatest response or what the greatest method is to train and
0: grow you in wisdom and truth Hmm. what were some of the things that were helpful for you to train your daughters or to figure out how to best interact with them
1: yeah no that's a great question I think that your daughters, you mean you?
0: Oh yeah. LOL me.
1: <laughs> um, I, you know, I think, uh, as I became, came, um, trained as a trainer. So I went through some training to be a trainer and a coach. The biggest method that I learned was the power of asking questions. Hmm. And so, um, instead of, you know, in fact, I, I like to use this kind of, um, just role play where you know, I match somebody up and basically you can't s- have a statement. All you can do is ask the other person questions regardless of their response. Mm. So even when they're asking a question, you can't respond. You have to ask another question. And I think it just goes to show you how prone we are to step in and give the solution mm. instead yeah. of exploring the thought process behind what's going on um, to arrive at a solution independently. Because when we arrive at solutions independently, we're going to own those solutions much more than if somebody else is going to tell us what to do. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing that I I have personally realized is, you know, I remember going to college and remembering when, my, when I thought, oh my goodness, my mom has done so much for me. Mm. I appreciate her so much. And thinking wow, maybe she was right about certain, you know. <laughs> and I think that's kind of getting back to the heart of the question. I think that children do get to a place where you think, man, I respect and love my parents so much. They were right about so many things. Mm. But at the end of the day, we still have to come to those realizations ourselves on, you know, on answers. But one thing that I think I've learned is not only do children have a realization about just who their parents are and what they've done for them and and the wisdom that they have, but also a realization that parents are sinful and they're broken and they're not always right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a greater realization, un- unfortunately, that has ramifications in other ways because there is an element of, wow, you know, you're not the perfect parent that I thought you were. And so... I don't know if I'm going to take your advice. Mm. You know, there's just this, this, this balance between seeing your parent in a elevated, exalted way, yeah. but then also seeing your parent as a human being, mm. and that's a huge, huge reality.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when you saw that for me? <laughs> don't don't tell specific. <laughs> I do remember, but it was so interesting because it happened by God's grace on a mission trip when we went to the Mm -hmm. Dominican Republic with Brookside Church and we were with a bunch of families and as we were there I realized I was so hard on you all the time Mm -hmm. little things would happen I would go mom don't do that mom do this again probably also a result of our enmeshment (laughs) (laughs) a little bit and that time God showed me, I don't know if you remember when we were sitting on bunk beds doing our devotional at the end of the day, which was really special that we were able to do that as a family, and you and I were talking and I just said, yeah, I'm sorry because I realize I'm so hard on you and I nitpick every single little thing that you do because I want you to be right and because of my entire life, you've been that person that has done everything so well and you are so wise. And so when I see you make a mistake, I think in my head, that shouldn't happen. Mom's perfect. Why is she doing this? That's not right. Mom, you know better. Do this, do this, do this. And so when I started to realize, oh, she is human, and I need to let go of that feeling of needing to control her, one, but two, of her needing to be perfect. And so I think that was kind of the beginning of everything, which was good and growing. I don't know. Do you remember a different time?
1: No, no, no. I, no, yes. I'm just – I think. I think I just remember – when I as an adult started to see my parents rightly Mm. and um because I think you know we give a superhero status to our parents before a certain age and so you do have to kind of cut your parents some slack Mm -hmm. I mean and allow I mean and know that God is transforming um not just children but he's transforming all people right into his image if we're following him if we desire um The spirit and desire, you know, more of Jesus and less of us. So, we're always going to be growing, we're always going to be transforming, we're always going to be uh, learning. And Mm -hmm. so, allowing children and adults, uh, parents, to do that is a huge realization on both sides.
0: Yeah, no, that's super good.
1: This is a fun question. How
0: involved in your love life do you really want me to be? (laughs) Okay, this is hilarious because the individual who asked this question knows more than anyone because I've called her for boy advice once or twice. Why did you call her? (laughs) Because for me, she's one of those really calm, cool, collected people that I felt like would have good insight. And I think she also shared a similar story to me once Mm -hmm. where... Basically, to be transparent, I was a waitress and a guy had written his number on my receipt that he gave me and said to call him. And I thought, should I actually do this? Is this ridiculous? How weird is this? Should I? I don't even know. And I love your advice, mom, but I wanted someone else's perspective to have a fresh perspective because it's so fun to be able to learn from other women too. And sometimes it's easy to get siloed into one train of thought. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. But I would also say that there have been times where you have been too involved in my love life.
1: Yeah, you know, again, I think sometimes we misconstrue closeness to sharing every single detail. Mm. And um, I think for me, I always wanted to be very transparent and open and be willing to have any kind of conversation. That's different than exposing details. But asking really hard questions and being not ashamed to sit at the table and be willing to talk about it. I, I didn't want any kind of um, shame or hindrance in that. And so um, I, I wanted you to have that freedom, but sometimes that equates to share with me every single detail. <laughs> mm. And I don't think that's what you want probably. Um, it's probably not wise either. Right. But yeah. again, it's it's more about the balance in setting those boundaries um allowing for an environment for transparency and honesty mm-hmm. without judgment or condemnation. Yeah. Um, and yet exploring, you know, your your questions that you have and exploring your, you know, those aspects of the relationship that you need wisdom for mm. rather than giving you the answer.
0: Yeah. And I would also say too, Dad did a really good job of creating a completely open table when it came to having conversations. So we could talk about anything and everything with you guys. And you would, when we were younger, would say, if you go to a party and you see any type of drug, alcohol, anything, you get out of there, run. And Dad would say hey, just hang around if there's some illegal activity going on, be careful, use your best judgment, and then call us and we'll pick you up, no questions asked. And so I thought that was a really good, healthy way of being able to share anything because we would be able to tell you guys and we would know you wouldn't retaliate or punish us for it. You were wise in how you interacted with the information you received. Now, granted, we didn't tell you, oh, we're doing all these illegal things. So you didn't have to have really hard conversations. But I do think having that openness was something that you probably didn't get growing up as much. Were your parents as forthcoming with talking about everything? Well, I think it's generational.
1: I think that generation was just, I mean, now with the technology and exposure to video, everything. I mean, we have so much that is right in front of our face uh, that we have to, we have to talk about it. I mean, it's just by necessity. Um, If we're not talking about it, we're not dealing with it. So yeah, it, it, I mean, our times require a certain um, degree of, not a certain degree, a lot of honesty, open, transparent discussions and, and being able to have the hard discussions is super important. Um, but I think that, you know, too often, I mean, I, there were a couple of relationships with you that I got emotionally involved mm-hmm. and, you know, wanted to
0: direct the course of that relationship. <laughs> Yeah. And it was interesting because I probably was in it longer because we had talked about it than what was good. But that was also growing and training for me to know, wait a second, I need to make this decision on my own. Mm -hmm. I can't people please, not just you, but others in general. So it was a good learning lesson. But I think because of that now, in all honesty, it makes whoever I date next, I just want him to be kind of kept secret for a bit because I mean if you think about all of the relationships you're dating. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you think about all the relationships that Avery Lyndon and I have had, as soon as we meet the boy, he's at our house, yeah. at our kitchen table. I'm putting a tracker on you right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: No, but I agree because and I was just I was thinking about that as you were talking, I wanted your friends as well as your boyfriends for all three of you. To feel at home and to feel comfortable and to get to know them. Hmm. But I think I mistaken early on comfort and familial kind of um, relationships as as, um, um, more important. Not more important, but as important as protecting your relationship. Uh, Meaning, I wanted to have them to be, like, comfortable enough to feel at home, Mm. but it wasn't their home.
0: Right. It's not their home. Right. And
1: so I needed to, again, I mean, I think this is the importance of boundaries and why Henry Cloud is, like, a gazillionaire, because he wrote boundaries for every single scenario, because we need boundaries. I Mm. mean, they are protective. But I think that um, if I had to do it all over again, you know, I would want to establish that, close relationship with boyfriends only after they you know it was a clear direction for that this boy is going to be in our lives for a long time mm. I established that connection or too early
0: right and then
1: it was hard for me to let you <laughs> let them go I didn't want them to go
0: yeah right? and I think at times it seemed as though you were more heartbroken that the relationship ended right. than I was. right
1: right and then there's times where I stepped in and went, okay, you can't see anything right now in front of your face. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, look,
0: mm-hmm. you know, because
1: I wanted to protect you as a person, you're, I mean, that's the, one of the biggest decisions you're ever going to make is who you're going to marry. Yeah. And
0: I saw it as a train wreck and you couldn't <laughs> see the tracks. Ugh, yeah. And I think that was one of the most healthy things that you've done because, a lot of times you do, you do all the time. You do a great job of allowing me, especially now to make my own decision. And if I ask you, Hey, help me decide. You just ask questions until I can decide. And so because of that, when you did step in, in that one instance and said, Raven, this is bad and you need to be done. Mm -hmm. This is not okay. You did it in such an urgent way that I've never seen you do anything like that before. But even so you said it and I kind of took it but it wasn't until one of my friends had stepped in and said the same thing that I really clicked. However, I think by you saying that, it made me realize, wow, this is huge. Because she's never done this and never stepped in. And so I need to listen. So I'm so thankful that you did that. Well, and, you know, it's
1: it's um, it's always hard to navigate relationships anyway. Um, but... Um you know, again, I mean, your protection is my. I, mean, I want to protect you without smothering you, <laughs> without, right. um, you know, totally taking every independent thought away. Um, but there are some times when parents, I think, just need to step in.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you all for listening today. It was so much fun to be able to read over these questions and pray and consider how exactly. To answer them in a Christ-like focused way because mom and I, we are both valuable. (laughs) We make mistakes all the time, but we love just the fact that God is full of grace and mercy Mm -hmm. and he redeems even the most broken of relationships Mm -hmm. or even the most overbearing or too tight or too close type of relationships too. And we've been very grateful to have these wonderful relationships. To wrap up, we want to keep it short so that you can listen to this podcast on your commute to work or as you're preparing dinner. And so we will answer more questions next time, but feel free to join in on this conversation. We would love to hear your thoughts or your comments. So if you want to reach out on mom's Facebook, it's Karen Archer Daniel. And let us know what other questions you have. And we would be so excited to answer them. Till next
1: time on Mothers and Daughters.
0: (laughs) See you soon. Thank you.